And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. The Athletic. Welcome to this week's Why Always Us. This is your Manchester City podcast from The Athletic. I'm David Mooney. I'm joined by Sam Lee. Hi, Sam. Hello. Uh, now, um, I, as usual, uh, City have gone and torpedoed the best laid plans and all that, Sam, because uh, we we started a podcast on Monday uh, this week. We finished it, basically. We, we basically finished a podcast on Monday, uh, just at the point at which uh, news broke that uh, City were uh, in breach. Well, I'll, in fact, I'll let you pick up the story, uh, because um, you're the one that's been working on it over, over the last 24 hours or so. Uh, what's going oh God, on? Um, I'm, already, well, I'm already at the stage of fallout rather than... Um, laying out what has actually happened already. Um, yeah, so as everybody kind of knows by now, the Premier League's investigation, which has gone on for four years, has led to charges, 115 charges, um, relating to basically bookkeeping. Um, it's, it's Premier League rules, so you have to act in good faith. They say City haven't. Um, you know, it relates to balance sheets and all this kind of stuff. There's Mancini's payments, which people will maybe remember from the Al Jazeera Der Spiegel UEFA um, process, you know, where it, where it was claimed that Mancini's payments were half put through Al Jazeera, which is also owned by, you know, a football club also owned by Abu Dhabi United Group. Um, there's stuff in this Premier, in these Premier League charges about player remuneration and, you know, basically bonuses and image rights and were they declared properly. Um, and, you know, then there's other stuff saying that they didn't fulfill FFP obligations to UEFA. Which obviously, you know, they've kind of been dealt with, um, or you know, dealt with as far as possible. Anyway, as far as the court of arbitration for sport is concerned, and then also um, the Premier League sustainability laws. They're saying they didn't or wouldn't have complied with those either. So there's that, and then they say from 2018, when the investigation began, they say City haven't cooperated with that. So there's, there's 30 odd charges relating to not cooperating. So yeah, um, quite a few things, and obviously why. Why it's such a big story and why it's captured everyone's imagination because you've got rival fans wanting this and City fans dreading this, but the punishments are endless. Basically, it could be anything, yeah. including you know relegation. So yeah, and, and and of course, loads of people have reacted to that in different ways. You know, you get some City fans saying, "Yeah, bring it on, let's go to the Championship and storm back and all that kind of thing." And obviously, you know, loads of people desperate that doesn't happen. Um, so yeah, it's yeah, it's pretty bombshell, isn't it? Like it's the biggest. You know, it's a kind of Italian football style scandal in terms of the allegations. This is the biggest kind of scandal to hit the Premier League ever. Um, but of course, um, City have said in their statement that you know they're looking forward to setting the record straight, basically once and for all. Yeah. Um, and you know that's not a public thing. I was digging around plenty yesterday, which is why we're coming back to this on Tuesday. Um, and you know that confidence is not a public thing. It's not a oh you know show a strong face, but. Behind the scenes, they're you know putting on parachutes and putting out fires. Like they genuinely do believe that okay, it'd be fine. Um, so I'm sure we'll get into that. But yeah, it's it's this. I've done a lot of media, and it's all oh, this is terrible. Like this, is, and it, it reminds you like this is a massive situation. But like the conversations I had yesterday, by last night, I was kind of thinking, all oh, right, they'll probably be all right then. <laughs> like, I'm, right. Don't please don't like hang on those words. But <laughs> that, I'm just trying to. Too late. I I'm am. just trying to aggregate. Yeah, that is aggregated. But um. Yeah, it, that is just trying to kind of relay the confidence within City. But again, you know, they were they were confident about FFP, but they did get banned in the end. But then that that confidence kind of ultimately saw through at CAS. Um, I know we're kind of covering everything now, but they can't appeal to CAS this time, which was tweeted out by Martin Ziegler and you know seen by seen a million times or whatever. And everyone's like, oh god, well they've got no chance then. But then you think, hold on a minute, surely they can appeal. Yeah, and yeah there, they, there must they be a legal appeal. recourse. Yeah, they, yeah, they can appeal. They they can ask for another panel, another independent panel to go through everything uh, and do it all again. So that wouldn't be uh, a short process either. I mean, there's almost no point in thinking about that. But if they were to be found guilty and then appealed, then and then that rumbled on for another year or so. 
that wouldn't be um well, it would be a mess. Like, what would happen to any of those punishments? If they did get relegated, would would that be put on hold until the end of the appeal? That's when you would get other clubs saying, no, they need to be relegated now, which is, you know, the the nine-club letter last time where they wrote to Cass saying, no, they need to be banned from the Champions League now. Don't let them delay. So, it will, we, you know, there is the potential for it to get incredibly messy. Um, but, you know, see, um, they'd be confident sending in all their lawyers and all their paperwork that they'll be able to deal with it in one go. And, the, like that nobody knows, but we will see. Yeah, this. I mean, all of this um, dates. The, the, the dates of the allegations to begin with uh, are from basically from when the the Premier League's sustainability rules came in, isn't it? In in two thousand and nine, ten. It's around about that time that they that they mm. started them um, up to uh, seventeen eighteen. So it's like beyond seventeen eighteen. Is it is it just failure to comply? Yes, it is. Yeah. That's, so that's, yeah. that's exactly it. It's failing. It's failing to comply with the with the investigation. Um, you know, City say they have. Um, the the Premier League say they haven't. You know, the the thing is, you know, if if we're talking about this taking years, and one of the things that came across while I was speaking to people around City on Monday was this could take years. You know, I was asking like to agents, I was like, are they spoken to you yet? And they were like, no. No, no, nothing to do with me. No, they haven't done that. And you know, there was some. They were like, "There's just, there's just a feeling that it's it's business as usual because this isn't going to affect anything for so long." Yeah. Now it's now this independent panel is apparently going to be put together by the end of the month. The other teams in the league, according to reports, want this to be done by the end of the season. Now, you know, may, maybe that maybe that is the case. Um, I think there's just such a weight of, um a way of things to to get through you know there's such the, there's so much paperwork that's going to need to be submitted and look i think it's fair to say city aren't going to make it easy if it comes to that look and maybe in terms of handing over the paperwork they'll just go well here you go but they have had legal challenges already over over the last few years trying to stop this investigation in the first place you know they said there was the premier league had no jurisdiction to investigate them and they said that the that the the investigation was biased um, and that got thrown out and the judge said you can't appeal and they went to another judge and said can we appeal and, they, and the other judge went oh go on then and then that appeal got rejected and then both the Premier League and City tried to stop all of these legal things being released to the public but a judge said no no th- this can be released because it's public interest like City have already have already been fighting this they've already been making things difficult so if it comes to it it's not just necessarily going to be fighting it with um, appeals if they're found guilty, but you know, they they could potentially make the the situation difficult as as it goes along. So that's you know that's why it kind of it it really could take forever to sort out. I guess that's what the other clubs um, want to stop happening. But at the same time, that letter that Guardiola only referenced last Friday, yeah, and um, that was co-signed by the nine clubs. That was that was to Cass, wasn't it? Saying. Don't let them delay this. Yeah, yeah, and be able to play in the Champions League in the first place. But City had no intention of delaying it. In fairness, City actually wanted to get on with it as soon as possible. And you know, they they had the hearing in June, and this was in the pandemic, so everything was delayed anyway in terms of the football season. They had the hearing in June, and the statement came out at the start of July, and that that letter was completely redundant. So again, I've just said there that City may try and delay things, and but I mean they have already in this case. But it is also fair to say that with with the cast thing, yeah, the other clubs were like, oh, they're going to try and delay, they're going to try and get in, in the Champions League, like while while they appeal. Um, but that wasn't actually what City wanted. Uh, they wanted to kind of get on with it, and like there's almost this kind of almost kind of like sick approach to like okay yeah we'll bring it on like let's let's clear our name again like you wouldn't want you wouldn't want this you wouldn't want this situation and obviously city would rather they weren't in this situation no but, i do I but did, they are i did kind laugh. of like oh well bring it on yeah i did laugh at the at the statement which basically said um you know we welcome this opportunity to to clear our name something it was something along those lines wasn't it um yeah. and and my reaction was well like, like i get it i get that's kind of what you have to say and you have to you, you have to um kind of put that that out there but equally i'm sure like they would more like what they would welcome more would be the premier league going actually there's no case to answer here. <laughs> you know what yeah. i mean <laughs> yeah exactly that would that would be pretty well welcome but like it even extends to so obviously with the uefa and casting there was the time barred element where 
UEFA's own rules said anything, any like, alleged breaches that happened more than five years ago at the time of the charges couldn't be examined because they were time barred, and that was in UEFA's own um, rules. Statutes, and so yeah. Cass went, yeah. So and so Cass went, oh well, you can't do this because you've said yourself that we can't um, go over guess... old ground. Basically, the Premier League doesn't have that. The Premier League doesn't have that. So on the face of it, you go, oh, well, that's bad for City. But I mean, the thing that, the, look, and if you, and if you remember. Our kind of we said this afterwards, didn't we? In the in the cast thing, where we said um, in the in the in the aftermath of it, we didn't know how much of it was thrown out because it was time barred, and how much of it was well, unproven. No, it, well, no, because I think if you did, if you did read through it all, what I was going to say was some of it was time barred, but the thing was with that um, cast verdict, the whole I can't remember what the name of it was, but the full the written reasons, effectively, when that came out. Everyone had their own take on it. And obviously a lot of City fans took it as, well, we've done nothing wrong whatsoever. And a lot of rival fans were like, well, you've just got off on a technicality. And that, you know, neither of those things were true. You know, there was stuff in there that wasn't great for City. There was stuff in there that wasn't great for UEFA. But obviously City, of the main stuff, they overturned it. Um, And, you know, the fine for not cooperating, they'll take all day. Um, Yeah old ground obviously but they didn't believe the process was right and they were like well we're not going to give you the stuff because we don't believe you're going to handle it fairly and then we'll give it to Cass and we'll sort it and that ultimately that's what happened but what I was going to say was there was stuff that wasn't time barred that City managed to overturn anyway yeah yeah that's what I was getting at yeah 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 um but the situation here is because there's no like kind of time barred stuff for Premier League um rule breaches or alleged rule breaches You'd think, oh, well, that's difficult. But on the one hand, you've got well, City overturned stuff that wasn't time barred anyway. But on the other, you've, in terms of this kind of almost sick attitude, like City are like, well, we're gonna get we're gonna get this overturned now, and also our rivals won't be able to say there's a technicality because it's almost like they're thinking rival clubs are saying that City have only got off with this because you know because it was time barred because it was technicality and. You know that they, they, you know, they got lucky basically. So the 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 things almost now is like you can't have any excuses now. Like if City get found not guilty, or you know they found get they get found guilty, but then appeal it and then not guilty, whatever. They'll be like, well, look, there's you, you you've got nowhere to hide now. Obviously, the flip side of that is it could go against City, and then like basically the whole world caves in as far as City is concerned. Um, but I mean, it's just so hard to imagine either outcome. Yeah, like. If City get found guilty, then it is like proper Juventus style, Calciopoli, relegated, you know, title stripped madness, like just full on madness. And it's hard to ever, I mean, you say it's hard to look at the club in, in through the same lens ever again. And I know Juve have only just, you know, Juve have had another punishment. Um, but Juve kind of came back and everyone kind of forgot about it. Um, whether in Italy they've, it still follows them around. But, you know, whenever they play Champions League games, Nobody really goes. Oh yeah, there's the there's a Calciopoli club. Like football kind of moves on, so maybe there's that element in 15, 20 years later. It'd be fine. But like, it, if City were found guilty, you know, it it would be massive. But at the same time, if City were found not guilty, it's hard to imagine purely because what are people going to say if City found not guilty? Like people have already made their minds up. Yeah, the, I, I, was gonna, I was going to say this. At, that at this it's point, corruption, or they paid yeah. off the panel, or whatever. At this point, all that happens now is if City are found not guilty, surely everybody else just goes, "Well, there's no smoke without fire," and then yeah, exactly. like the, their minds are made up, and it and and it doesn't really matter now. If City are found guilty, well, then it's like, oh well, there you are. Our case is proven. So ultimately, yeah. like from me as a fan, it, like it's a, it's a really weird position right now um, yeah. because like I thought I would care a lot more than I do. And I don't know if that's me being flippant or me being bullish or anything like this, but like I, I just kind of I, the, the way I say it, if we just kind of live with whatever the outcome is here, do you know what I mean? Like I'm not like I, I, I'm not I'm not unduly worried about kind of what City are supposed to have done or what what the allegations say that City have done here. Um, and like, I get that it's huge. And I get that that it's it's like massive scandal for the Premier League, and everybody else would be upset by it. Um, is it weird that I don't really care? Um, I'm still, I'm still like, what I happens? Know, I mean, I'll look, still be a fan. You know, there's a million different City fans, and there'll be a million different um, ways to think about anything, whether it's a signing or 
a performance or a sacking or yeah or a big like charge like this um yeah, I, I, they, I suppose they've so. I they've, suppose... they've basically spent if if they're if they're guilty, they've basically spent more money than what the rules that were brought in in two thousand and nine say they should have done. And I just can't really get that worked up by that. And like, I get why I get why other fans would be upset by that, and I get why rival fans would be upset by that. But I'm just like, yeah, uh, yeah. And I suppose that there's the other thing as well. Like again, if we're talking about zooming zooming out and looking. 15, 20 years into the future or whatever, we've had this whole typical City narrative of, you know, York away to to this, you know, super team and Guardiola and everything. It would probably be the most typical City to be back <laughs> at York away, wouldn't it? Like, like nobody's ever, nobody, you know, whenever people talk about that, nobody ever thinks it's going to go back to that now. And like, rightly so, why, like, why would you? And even if they did have, have to go down to the championship, I'm sure they'd be back within a couple of years. Obviously, this is purely hypothetically speaking. Um, but yeah, and and then, but why I say that obviously is you've had the fans who were there for that, and you've had fans who were, okay maybe weren't old enough for that, but they were there in when you know when City were just lower half of the Premier League, you know the Stuart Pearce days, no home goals for the second half of the season, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Or even like you know the the, the kind of two thousand and eight two thousand and nine period where there wasn't an awful lot to shout about, but you know the fans were there for that, and they're there for this now, and it's. You know, the whole, well, we've been there for thick and thin. You know, maybe if there's thin coming up, as you were saying, in terms of your feelings about it. I'll still be there. They will still be there, yeah. Exactly. And I mean, this is something I've seen um, a lot of fans say as well. Like, in terms of, you know, I said, oh, yeah, bring it on, get us down to the championship, all that kind of stuff. There's all, you know, there was part part of that was, get us down to the championship and let's get rid of some of the, the hangers on fans that we've got. Now, I'm not, you know, I don't. I can't say anyone's a hanger on or not, but it's like if if that were to be the case, like like you say, you're what you're saying here is you'll still be a fan. Whatever yeah, happens. I'll still be I'll and still be a city fan. Whatever happens, yeah, you'll still go to the game. Still be a city fan. Um, still see my mates. It's like, and yeah. I guess yeah, I get, and I guess that's going to be that'll be the thing for many people. And if some people want to uh, want to disappear, then then they will do. Um, but you know, I think we've seen over the years, uh, like for better and for worse, and I'm certainly not kind of glorifying it because when i say for worse you know i've been on the end of i've not i've never had like major abuse really i've never had dms like threats or anything like that but you know it, it can be a shit place to be online sometimes covering city when you're perceived to be a united fan but you see people from all over the world with this deep connection to city and and again you know the way that people defend the club online over anything and how vociferously they do it you would think that yeah, like if if this doesn't go City's way, they will they will still still be there. Um, and but like I say, it's just kind of there's just a million different things to consider, and like yeah. there's there's not necessarily a million different outcomes, but it's just the the main outcomes just spawn off a million different other things. Like it's it's truly crazy. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You've said a couple of times about potential punishments and I guess what... Um, uh, I mean, we're not prejudging the outcome here in in terms of talking about what the punishments could be uh, if uh, if a guilty verdict comes along. Um, but let's say let, let's say the situation happens: City are found guilty, they appeal, they, the appeal is unsuccessful. Um, yeah, yeah. The the only the only thing you said that that concerned me in the punishments was stripping of titles. Is that a realistic possibility? Um. Well, I mean, it's just a realistic possibility in the fact, in the sense that in the Premier League rulebook or handbook, there's a wide range of punishments, and basically anything's on the table. Like to highlight it, um, you know, one of the potential punishments is they could be ordered to replay matches. Now, what what are they going to do? Get the 2011-12 team back together and and play against everyone else? That's like it's not going to happen. It's not feasible. It's possible, but it's not feasible. and it's almost like, you know, there have been a few. I, I I don't know what the Premier League punishments will be. I've I, I've been asking around at City how what their response is. I don't know at the Premier League what's likely, and I know the Premier League they don't really comment on this stuff. I've seen a couple of tweets from reporters saying it's probably not going to be retroactive. And then you see what the Premier League rivals want. You know, there's that story in the Sun about some some senior figure at another club saying they should be relegated. It's almost like there's more of an appetite, not necessarily that they're going to get their own way because this panel will decide, but there's almost an appetite to get relegated in the future, like make it a current punishment or a future punishment rather than a retrospective one. But I mean, all I can say is it's on the table, but whether they're actually going to seriously apply that or not, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. But again, it's like you, you could see it because if they do go, oh yeah, well... The, they are guilty of doing this, and it's all these seasons and this affected balance. And it's like, okay, yeah, well, none of those, none of those trophies count. Now, it's interesting actually that you say that's one of the things you're worried about because, in the, along the same line of you'll still be a city fan and you're not too worried about it, and you know you'll still see your mates and all that kind of thing. It's like obviously it's difficult, but those moments still happened like yeah yeah and as that's... much as they literally will the silverware will be taken away like that aguero moment still happened that's like, that's it they can't i'm sure they can't take again this is hypothetical in the event of a guilty verdict but not just a guilty verdict but one where they decide to strip titles because the two don't necessarily go hand in hand but even if they did do that i don't think that would apply to the post 2018 ones because not cooperating with the investigation is not enough to strip titles yeah, you know that's a fine. You know, because they got fined by. You know, the when they came out of the cast verdict, they were in the Champions League, but they had to pay like ten million because they didn't cooperate, which is like okay, they're fine with. So they wouldn't lose the most recent, um, you know, Guardiola ones. But you know those because I'm just thinking the Villa. You know, basically the point is that that Villa game still happened, that Aguero moment still happened, and it's like you've still got those memories. But yeah, I mean, of course it's. I don't know. Like, was it in the Shawshank the Redemption? What's the analogy for that? Oh God! Yeah, go w- on, was it in the Shawshank Redemption where where he said uh, where, where was it? Andy Dufresne who said, um, or was it Red who said uh, basically that they can they can lock us in, but they can't take what we've got up here? And he points to his head and he's like basically saying, "I've got my imagination, so that's where I go every night," sort of thing. I've not uh, seen the Shawshank Redemption in years. I can't remember. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was gonna, I was just thinking like it, it might just be like a a relationship that goes bad. It's like you had wonderful times, but then you look at it and you just go, oh, like, didn't end like, well, did it? Yeah, exactly. That's, a, that's a better analogy, I think, I than a yeah, film like, I can't uh, really remember. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, we're, yeah, we're not being kept around for, for our um, references, are they? They're just pure, <laughs> not obscure British 90s sitcoms. But anyway, um, yeah, like, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it is, it's crazy, isn't it, the whole thing. But again, it's like, this is gonna, it, it, it bubbled up yesterday, mass well, it erupted yesterday like an absolutely ginormous volcano and it, you know, spewed hot lava everywhere for a day. And now, you know, we're still talking about it now and it's still kicking off. Um, but, and obviously, you know, there's this talk of the panel being put together soon. But, you know, in, in well, next week, you've got Arsenal. The, the, after that game, people will be talking about what happened on the pitch. And this is not me trying to downplay it. I'm just saying it's like the UEFA stuff. Like it will, it will now go quiet 
for a long period. And maybe when that panel's put together, there'll be a story on it. You know, these are the people and go, right, okay. And then you, you talk about it again. And then it's like, okay, well, it's, like, I don't know, Leipzig next week. So think about that. You know, yeah, it's, the, it's the, the, panel- the daily cycle of football will go on. The matches will go on. The press conferences will go on. This will go on. And all of this will go al- along in the background until it blows up again in the future. But that could be a long time away. So yeah. it's like, this is just going to be, you know, City as a club kind of know how to deal with this when the charges landed because it was like, you know, it's almost like, they do you know, in 18 months, they might just do a fire drill. They might they might, put, they might do a code red. Like we've, we've been charged with something else just to keep them on their toes in case it happens again. You know, they they know how to do this from, from the UEFA things. They've been through this. And also, I think City fans really know how to kind of live with this. I you think- know, it's, it's there, but it's not. You, you've got so much other stuff to focus on in terms of actual football that you don't need to think about it until it becomes relevant again. And when it becomes relevant again, could be a long way off in the future. Yeah, just a couple of questions uh, surrounding all of this and times and stuff, Sam, as well. I don't know if you'll know, um, and like, apologies if you don't know, but like, in terms of, of, of the hearing itself, um, I'm guessing it's it's kind of, I'm, I'm guessing it's behind closed doors. I'm guessing it's not like a, a, a trial, a, a crown court or whatever. It's not, it's not going to be public to be heard. Um, no, no, so we're, so we're is, not no. going to get consistent. I, I may be around. wrong, but I don't. I don't believe it is. No, no, yeah. exactly, no. And uh, the, I mean, the other angle was um, just in terms of any potential punishments in a, in the event of a of a guilty verdict. Are they decided by the Premier League, or are they decided by the panel, or the, no, does the Premier the League put it forward and then like, the panel goes, "Yes, like, this is accepted." Yeah, I think like, I, th- I think the panel work within what's in the that Premier League handbook, and that's why there's such a wide range. You know, that's why you know there's there's other things like the. The trans the the contract could be cancelled, you know, of of certain players who were signed in that in those periods, and you know that obviously a lot of those have gone. But I think yeah. De Bruyne was signed in that period, for example. So it's like that's why it's so wide ranging. But yeah, the panel would decide kind of in line with what they're the parameters of what they're allowed to decide. They couldn't because I don't I don't think I may be wrong here. I don't think a transfer ban is in that list of punishments or certainly the list of punishments that I've seen drawn up like maybe it's in there somewhere but the the different ones that I've seen posted around didn't include a transfer ban so if that's the case and there isn't a transfer ban possible the panel can't say oh I give them a transfer ban because it's not in those parameters but you know all that mental stuff that we've talked about is like relegation and stripping titles and stuff yeah that could fall under the i mean it wasn't one of the options whatever the panel deems fit or whatever the premier league deems fit and i was like that could just fall under that couldn't it it's like it's 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 there's so it's so open-ended that that kind of that's that's why you you know you need this independent panel to to judge it properly judge all the evidence and if and if like you know city of city have said publicly in this statement and like behind the scenes and i don't just mean like media briefings because look if look if you were a city fan listening to this and you may you were maybe looking for some comfort or something um you know you know i'm not trying to give anyone comfort you know with football sometimes that is that is the case um and you know on the second half of this podcast when we're talking about the spurs game there might be a little bit of that although it feels like a long time ago now that spurs performance was shite so i'm not trying to sugarcoat that but I'm not trying to kind of reassure anyone that this is going to be all right. But if people are listening to me for that and it's like, oh, well, you know, who have you spoke to? That kind of thing. And If, you know, you couldn't come on and say, oh, well, City, City have believed they're fine and they think everything's going to be okay just based on what like the media department say or even what like – Al Mubarak and Soriano tell the players because that's basically like a public front, isn't it? That is a front to be like, don't worry, we'll fight this. It's you know, it, it's going to be all right. You know, you couldn't put much stock in that if that was just empty words delivered, you know, to the media or to the players to kind of reassure them or to anyone to reassure them. But like genuinely, you've you've spoken to City who who genuinely feel yeah, people who genuinely feel that they're going to be all right. And again, like that might be misplaced. But all I all I can say is you know the this 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 stuff coming out about you know they think well basically they they think they'll win but also that they think you know the Premier League have, have rushed it out and all this kind of stuff like that is it's genuine it it's not a it's not a public front designed to appease um, City fans or or the players like it is genuinely what they believe um, and yeah um, 
I mean, yeah. And, and again, this is what they had during the whole FFP thing, wasn't it? Um, that's why they were so kind of bullish. And you know, there's that Guardiola quote that's been pulled out loads, hasn't there? You know, when he's, I think he said it in May, but he said it loads of times, but he must have said it more succinctly in May, or it was just the one that more people remember when he was like, look, if they, if they lie to me, I'm gone and I won't be their friend anymore, which he did say during the process as well. And now everyone's pulled that out again as if to say, oh, well, you have to go, aren't you? And it's like, have- well, the other context of that is he was saying, I trust them. And I was right to trust them. Yeah. And it's the same, it's, it's the same situation now, basically. I have I have thought about this from the other side as well because um, given the fallout of of Monday and everything that has that has been said about this, um, as, uh, you know, kind of commentators from uh, you know various media, from uh, pundits to ex players to kind of fans of other clubs to you know like journalists who cover other clubs that sort of thing. I'm I'm sensing quite an appetite for City to be punished in the sense of um, like. It almost doesn't really matter whether they're guilty or not in in, in yeah. kind of like some quarters, and I, I th- there's almost this kind of eagerness or giddiness for for like to pull out these moments where Guardiola said stuff like that, and and ultimately what what it led to like, what it led me to was the question: What if City aren't guilty? Like, what happens next? What ha- what happens to the to to the Premier League and the whole and the whole kind of to, to English football if the panel come oh, back nothing. and say and say basically, well, there's there's no case to answer. Uh, it. I say it, nothing. Like nothing's happened. Um, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, we know we've already kind of touched on it, haven't we? Like, if if City were not guilty, then you know the people who have made their mind up already would not have their mind changed. Like they didn't with Cass, and that's kind of why I kind of see what City mean. When they're thinking, okay, well, there's no time-barred element now, so people can't have any excuses anymore. But you know, it's it's football fans on Twitter. There doesn't have to be logic. There doesn't have to be reason. It's just what what you wake up and decide to feel. So, yeah, if City if City get any punishment overturned or just get, get found not guilty, um, it won't it won't change anything. You know, it, it's it's funny in a way. The City are like, oh, we welcome the opportunity to clear our name. It's like, well, obviously, clearly, officially, you will, but fans won't care. Never mind, never mind, fans though. The other clubs won't care either. Like Tebas' statement yesterday, he was like, "Look, we said this years ago. Why is it taking the Premier League so long?" And he was like, "We're saying they're still doing it now. Will the Premier League take um, so long again to look into it?" And you know, other other clubs are, are convinced that it's happening as well. And if the Premier League panel, well, the the independent panel, rules against the Premier League and in favour of City, or if there's appeal and they um, rule in favour of City. That's not going to change anybody's mind. When you said what what does English football look like, you know, in- instinctively I thought, well, no- nothing's going to change. Like it would just carry on. But then you think, is this where the Super League starts? Yeah, coming back into it. And obviously, the, the the mad thing about the Super League was obviously City signed up. But part of it, like a big part of it, was the clubs who are in charge of that Super League could dictate like the spending limits. They could basically bring in their own version of FFP. That was to be determined at a later point, and City signed up to that. Now, imagine the Super League went ahead, and you know, maybe if City um, are found not guilty, the other clubs are so pissed off they don't even invite them. Potentially, you know, just in just in terms of like wild thinking of how things might pan out five, ten years down the line. Like they either don't invite them because they're that pissed off about it and they want to go and start something else, or like City sign up like they did last time, and then they go, okay, yeah, well, these are the spending limits, and they just make up something that's completely arbitrary. Like, who's, who's to say that the spending limits are going to be fair? Everyone gets their, sh- their their cut, everyone gets their share, everyone makes their money. I mean, there's almost no point in competing anyway once it gets to a Super League. Like, who cares if you win it or not? But um, yeah, what happens to English football if City are not guilty? Chances are everyone will just be really annoyed. Everyone will be like, I'm really annoyed. That's a massive understatement, but at least I haven't sworn again. Um <laughs> But I mean, what is there then? Like, there's there's nothing. <laughs> uh, famous. I mean, I don't even want to finish this sentence. But like, yeah. what else could come? What else could come next? Like, because a lot of this is still, you know, the the the, the smoking gun for this was the Dash Beagle leaks. Like, what else could there be? Like, would there be more leaks that spark another investigation? Like, do you remember after City got the Champions League ban overturned, there was something else in Dash Beagle about. That didn't look great for City, but it was just like there's no way UEFA have got the stomach to go after them again. 
Like, there's just no way. And you you almost think, even if there were other emails or other other elements that weren't investigated, that now could be. It's like, are the Premier League going to go through that again? So, yeah, I mean, there's it, this is what I was saying. There's only two real outcomes, but the either one spawns yeah. another million yeah, separate the effects, you know, uh, ripple effects and everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, uh, yeah, it's 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 absolutely crazy, isn't it? And it's mad what being a, a football fan kind of involves these days. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I'll get to that in a second, but I, uh, I just thought of um, when you said when you were talking about the Super League then, and, and maybe City don't get get invited. Here's a here's a reference for you. Um, it's that moment in The Simpsons where, um, yeah, where um, uh, the Stonecutters reform as the No Homers, uh, the uh, ancient and mystic order of uh, the No Homers. <laughs> uh, yeah, that sounds exactly like that. I mean, I don't remember that, but that sounds exactly like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just finally, Sam, because uh, I'm aware that uh, we still have Spurs to dissect as well, which uh, we'll yeah. come to in a second. Um, this, uh, like, this shouldn't be on fans, should it? This shouldn't be on fans to have to defend all this. And to, like, ultimately, I got into football because I wanted to watch my football team, and that's ultimately why I, why whatever happens after this, and whether City are guilty or not guilty, or whether City are continuing to be dominant in English football, or whether they end up at the bottom of League Two and are scrapping for whatever, I'll still be there with my season ticket because that's what I want to do. Um, why, why are fans having to deal with this now? Why, why should fans have to deal with this? Because we shouldn't, should we? No, um, but you know, that's this is how people are raised with football all around the world um you know people bring their kids up to jokingly like boo and jeer like an opposition player on the tv like it it's only a joke but you're kind of brought up that you know you need to go to football with your dad you need to support the same club as your dad obviously not everyone does i don't or didn't anyway you know either, either way however you want to put it like it you're supposed to do this you can't you know it's the whole thing of you can change your your family your 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 wife, your job, whatever, but you can't change your football team. It's, it's, it's the old thing of oh, you know, football's not just a matter of life and death. It's more important than that. It's all these things. Like people, people's whole personalities are built around the football club they support. It's built on, you know, you live two hours <laughs> you away. Don't, you don't need to tell me that. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I mean, and, and it's, this is normal. This is this is normal across the world. It's not a UK thing. It's normal across the world. Like, and you know, people. I, I was on. Um, the train into um, the Tottenham Stadium the other day, and there was two Spurs fans. Well, there was three Spurs fans, but two of them were from Norwich. It's it's two hours for them to to get to home games, and they go to all the away games as well. And you just think, again, look, people listen to this podcast. This is this is your life, you know. But it's like how like how do people spend so much money and commitment and time to to doing this? And it's just, it's just completely normal. And then my point being. This is drilled into us from a young age, and football stirs emotions in a way that very few other things can. Obviously, sport does that, but football is right up there in doing that. It's the most popular sport in the country. It's the most popular sport in the world, and so the end goal of that is it's a it's a twenty four seven thing now. The way the way the internet's drawn everyone together, everything is so tribal. Everything is so my club's great and your club's shit. Regardless, I mean, do you remember the? The Everett and Suarez thing, yeah, it was dreadful. It was awful. Like it was just purely tribal on both sides. Awful. It was the absolute pits, and I don't want anything like that to ever have to happen again, because it was just horrible in terms of where football tribalism can lead you. But this is the logical conclusion of these passions. Like I wrote about, you know, I did a bit on Argentina during the World Cup. I did a bit before. I was saying about how they were going into the World Cup with more kind of, you know, more enthusiasm and hope and expectation than since um, 2002 when Bielsa was manager. And I was like, but you know with Argentina, obviously it turned out well, but you know with Argentina, all that passion and all that love they've got, Christ, it goes the other way quickly if you don't win. And it's all, it's that thing, you know, like obviously we're not as passionate and it's not the same way of living football in the UK as it is in South America. But in terms of that love for the club, it's all still there. So why has it got to the stage where fans feel the need to defend it? Like it's it's part of it, isn't it? It's that you're told that your football club is the most important thing in your life. You know, your football club, you, you're supposed to support them through thick and thin. And then people conflate that with, I need to support them even when they've done bad things or they just don't see the bad things. 
And I think that's fair to say, isn't it? People just do not see bad things mm. when it comes to their football club. Not all people, clearly. But that's why, you know, there's there's an element of football fans online. It's funny, like, you know, when people talk about, oh, who could win the league? Or whether it's City or whether it's Arsenal, whether it's Man United, they go, oh, yeah, but they're fans. It's like every club's fans online <laughs> are dickheads, basically, because they're the noisiest ones. Like, you will not find a club who could win the Premier League, win the Champions League, who do not have that element that you don't like. Because this is the element that go online and go and hunt people down and pick fights and defend the club to the hill and all this kind of stuff. That That is there for every club because that's just how we are as people. We're drilled into us that fo- the football is the most important thing, that our club is the most important thing um, and that, you know, some people kind of conflate that with doing no wrong and then, you know, you won't have people who are football fans um, and kind of make them all kind of inflammatory statements online that don't do that in other walks of life. You know, these are people who will do that Come on, related to, to anything else, you know, politics or, well, you know, anything that falls under politics, whether it's, um, um, you know, g- um, gender or religion or whatever, you know, these are people who are going to have l- loud opinions on anything. And then, yeah, it just gets blown up by football. So a fairly long-winded answer to that. But no, it, it shouldn't. it shouldn't be for fans to have to defend it shouldn't be on fans um to defend them you know it's never going to make a difference anyway like we were saying earlier on even if city get found not guilty other fans are not going to go oh you know what okay then, fair play yeah. to manchester city we've 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 labeled them all this time um and we were completely in the wrong to do so it's just so going to carry on like, there'll just be other reasons it's just, completely yeah. un- it's just you know so much football discourse is just completely unreasonable yeah um well we'll obviously we'll follow this um throughout um unfortunately we won't have uh podcasts to do it on sam but you'll be covering it uh as it comes up uh, on the athletics so uh you know we can we can keep across it that way when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply Let's kind of uh, pivot now to uh, the game against Spurs. Uh, as usual, City lost against Spurs at Spurs. Um, so we're going to get into that now. We actually recorded this on um, Monday before the news broke of the charges that the Premier League were bringing towards City. Uh, so you need to see kind of like just keep that in mind as we talk about uh, kind of the extent of the problems. Um, uh, here's what here's what was said. While I'm getting these 1920 vibes now, like quite strongly, that's also helpful in the sense that a lot of the stuff I've seen online and speaking to mates and stuff about, oh, this is bad and oh, this needs to change. Exactly the same as people were saying two years ago. And ultimately, it got much, much better. So that perspective helps as well because, yeah, okay, it might be, you know, it might be uh, inverted commas bad season if City finished second and God knows what's going to happen in the Champions League. Because if they do play like that, they could get knocked out by Leipzig. But then, you know, I, I don't want to be stuck in that moment of negativity because they can easily push past them. Um, but it's, you know, all the kind of, oh, Guardiola's, well, you know, to exaggerate, because I'm not seeing anybody say this, like losing the plot or whatever and all this kind of stuff. Because I, I do think he seems to be kind of stuck in that funk a bit. You know, like in 2019-20 when it was just like, well... Laporte's injured, Fernandinho's playing centre-back and ultimately they need protection. Rodri can't really protect them on his own, so we're going to chuck in another midfielder there. We're going to funnel everything down the middle. And it's not pretty. It's not even especially effective, but yeah. it's the most effective way that we can play. The dominant and it just seemed like he couldn't. It seems like he couldn't get out of that for a while. And that might, that might be the case at the moment. Um, but at the same time, there's just loads of stuff going on behind the scenes. Like, I mean, do we... Have you got something you want to discuss well, no, specifically I, I, first, or should we go into the lineup? Because I think the lineup is a good kind of yeah. Point I mean, here. we can start with that. I mean, when you say stuff going on behind the scenes, I'm just intrigued what kind of what you mean by that, and what kind of what is going on. Well, I mean, this, this is the thing. People are like, "Oh, what's going on?" It's like, oh, "Fucking out." We've been discussing this for a couple of weeks, and Guardiola told the whole world. Like, but in terms of the lineup, 
Now, this, I'm sorry, but this is a pure, the result didn't go well. So the lineup was bad situation. I saw, I saw the lineup, um, went to meet some mates outside the ground, didn't have data. So it was only until around half time that I realized that people weren't happy with the lineup. When I saw a tweet saying, you know, the fact that Rodri has, has made a mistake does not mean the lineup was bad. And I was like, okay, so obviously people have been moaning about the lineup then. Oh, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. Saw the li- I saw the lineup and I was like, well, okay. Like, we, I, I don't. The thing is, basically, he's played, his, he's played the players who are in form and have played well, have played the most recently and have played the best recently. Like the whole, oh, leaving De Bruyne on the bench. Personally, I can't criticise him for that. I can't even say, oh, maybe that was a wrong decision. Because I probably would have. I've been saying De Bruyne has been shocking for weeks. Well, in fact, we said, was it after the derby? I was like, he probably needs to come out of the team for a bit. I can't yeah. complain that he's then taken De Bruyne out of the team. Like he did, by the way, against Spurs last time. And also, what did I say about Alvarez last week after the Arsenal game? I was like, he obviously gives the team a spark. Absolutely fine. Like, no problem with that. I had no problem with that. And then the centre-backs. The thing is, if Guardiola had played De Bruyne, Diaz and Laporte and City had a loss yesterday in the same way, which is they're highly capable of just because of, I don't know what happens at Spurs, but it's that thing. If, if, if yeah, he'd have picked those players, if he'd have picked those players, I'm sure there'd have been people saying, oh, he's, he's picking names and reputations over form players because Laporte's only started X amount of games out of the last 10 and Diaz has barely played since the World Cup and De Bruyne has not been playing well. It's, I'm, I'm convinced it's one of those where you can't win. Well, this is what I'm, yeah, this is what I'm struggling with as well because um, my ultimate read from the game was that you could have picked any eleven from what City have got going on at the moment, and you would have got the same performance. It was, it was, it was a game that was symptomatic of the of the problems that City have had this season, not the lineup yeah. that he's picked. There's just, or, there's like, just no real argument for, the, for the those only, players who are left on the bench to come in. The only the only one that shocked me, and I got an answer to that pretty quickly, was uh, that I really wanted to see Foden in the team, but he was ill, so he couldn't be. Yeah. He just couldn't be there. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the thing is, it's like oh, you could say Walker's obviously not. Walker's probably in the same camp as Laporte. And if you bring in Walker, why can't you bring in Laporte? But it was obviously the the kind of problems at fullback. Um, and to be honest, again, in in terms of maybe I'm wrong, but I'm being consistent. Like on the way down to the game, I was like, I'm sure Walker will play today. Like it just feels like the kind of game to start bringing him back in because if you don't bring him back in soon, then he's never coming back in. Um. And obviously, given the problems they've got. Um, and to be honest, I thought, you know, I'd said Lewis has looked 18 in the last couple of games. But to be fair, he, he obviously played yesterday. And I thought he was good. Like, it was difficult circumstances for him, but I thought he was good. Um, but yeah, so Walker coming in didn't surprise me. I thought that was fine. And then he got the situation where he moved Lewis to left back. Was did that, was that, I'm sure I heard, not necessarily in the build-up before the game, but maybe last week, did... Did somebody suggest? Is this something I, people I, have seen online? Of did you say? Can I, 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 asked, I asked. Could he do it and step yeah. inside like Cancelo used to? Yeah. Um, so I mean, again, I didn't really have a problem with that. I was like, well, Lewis has been good, hasn't he? I mean, look, okay, I did think he'd he'd looked eighteen recently, but Guardiola clearly trusts him. Um, I don't like of all the players who could pop up at left back now. I don't mind seeing it. And again, I'm sure people are, are sitting there screaming, going, "Well, Ake's been playing well at left back. Why didn't why didn't he leave him there?" But it's like, look, you've got to look at the situation with the centre backs who are on the bench. Diaz has not played in a long time. Laporte has got this situation going on where, you know, if what was last weekend? So it was the Arsenal game. Cancelo didn't play. If City had a loss, and people were saying, "Why isn't Cancelo playing on the Sunday?" and then on the Monday, he sold to Bayern Munich you'll be like oh yeah I get it and it's that kind of thing with Laporte I'm not saying Laporte's been massively disruptive although that said I don't know if he's been massively disruptive but I know because of how things have worked out in the past and how things are going at the moment is Guardiola doesn't see him as in the best kind of well just moment, as the best candidate the best to moment. play yeah, yeah. and like Akanji since he signed he didn't play in the Villa game that was his first game as a City player he didn't play in the Villa game and he started every single Premier League game since now Akanji is very aggressive to the point where I think sometimes he kind of he can wander upfield and leave spaces behind him. But he's clearly trusted. He clearly plays a lot. And again, if Diaz had played and not played well, or you know, been aggressive and wandered upfield, which you know, because it's the same brief. Like I think Akanji's maybe got a. Do you remember when Rodri signed and the whole thing was? Um, he's got to learn when to 
when push to press up and yeah, challenge. when to not, yeah. And, and, and hang back and not leave spaces. It's, I think basically, look, Akanji's kind of got to do that, which is fine. But if, if Diaz had come in and had a bad game, you'd be like, well, hold on, Akanji's played every game for City. Um, but, yeah, sorry, he's played every game for City since then in the Premier League. And Guardiola rates him. And Ake has been... He hasn't just played left-back, but and he's been their best defender. Um, so... Again, I think it's, it's, a I think it's just game. it's just it's just pure. I mean, look, it's not it's not hindsight because obviously people were concerned about it beforehand. But I don't think there was. I didn't have any reason to be concerned. And look, if if you've got your own gripes, that's that's fine. But I can't sit here and say you should have done this, should have done that because I had no problem with it, and I think it makes sense. Yeah. And the, the only other one who, so we mentioned Walker. The only other one who maybe doesn't get in on form is is Bernardo in, instead of Gundogan. But those two have kind of been a, a coin toss recently. Um, Bernardo's not been at his best um, wasn't at his best yesterday but you could kind of see what he had to do he was kind of that number 10 presence wasn't he because Alvarez was pretty much just another forward Yeah, and he was that kind of number 10 link everything up he just didn't have a good game um, they're the only two you could maybe say okay well they've, they've, they've not been on it recently but kind of situation circumstances dictated with Walker that he had to come in and yeah, um, well, just quickly then on Bernardo's coin toss. Just quickly then on De Bruyne, um, because obviously named on the bench, we talked about his form recently. Um, but I just wonder if it if it also played into the uh, the other criticism that came City's way uh, on Sunday, which was uh, they just weren't playing to Haaland. And I, I just wonder how much of the, how much of the selection to not include De Bruyne was to try and mitigate the fact that Spurs are very very good in the transitions and the fact that you know you play too quickly up to Haaland, you play too quickly into them, you leave so much space. Like there, there was that the, I when I watched on the TV, Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher were absolutely aghast that De Bruyne wasn't playing, and they were desperate yeah. to see him come in and 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 kind of get the ball quickly forward. How did he do when he came and, on? Well, I was going to say as soon as he came on, Spurs kept getting. More more and more counterattacks, and I just wondered if that was what was playing into Guardiola's thinking. Possibly, possibly. I don't know. It's possible, though, isn't it? And not just not just possible, but like I said before, De Bruyne has not really been been playing that well. Um, so I, I, I could see it. But then, yeah, that thing about being a gas that he's not played it's like, just have you been paying attention? Have you been watching City? Have you seen the fact that De Bruyne has got assists in a few games and gone, okay, he must be playing well? Like it's just. We, I mean, we've we've said this before, and often De Bruyne has. This was probably after the derby when we was when I was saying personally he should probably come out of the team for a bit. It was like that game he came on, he, he stayed on Anfield in the two two when he scored that deflected goal in the end. But he was shocking, and Guardiola obviously kept him on because it's De Bruyne and he can do something. But I I, I kind of think you know that's maybe fine for one game, um, and I think maybe Guardiola's done that quite a lot. He's given him, he's always given him minutes when he's come back from injury or illness or whatever to get back to his best. But I just think at the moment. It's fine to, um, it's fine to keep out a player who's, who's not playing well. And like, no, like Alvarez is not an unpopular decision with anyone. Like, no, no, no. Pe- people want to see Alvarez. I mean, if we're digging deeper beyond that, I don't know if people. Like, this is a bit straw man, but it's not. I'm not making an argument against people. I'm just trying to explain the situation. But when I wrote that article a couple of weeks ago that I tweeted last night about Haaland and fitting in, which obviously is another topic, I wrote about you know Guardiola wanting. To balance out those players with powers and those players who are kind of destabilizers, and you've got the powers of players like Bernardo and, and Gundogan, um, Rodri, Grealish, Mares, and the destabilizers, you know, Foden, De Bruyne, um, Haaland, obviously, and Alvarez to 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 an extent. Um, and basically, Guardiola. And may, look, maybe this is the whole big picture thing. This is maybe where we zoom out, and I'll put in the article as well, actually. I do think people should still read it if they haven't already because it's still relevant to what's going on. It's massively relevant to what's going on. Maybe the big picture here is Guardiola has got too conservative about how to fit all these things together because this this is all about trying to, this season's all about trying to fit Haaland in without, you know, without having that extra man in the middle. They're trying to control games in a different way. They're trying to have the same outcomes as last season, the same performances as last season in a completely different way. So it's a process. And now this whole, like, I saw. I don't know who said it, but I've I've seen that it was said on Sky Sports. You know, Harlan's picked the wrong club. It's like Carragher. Yeah. Th- well, this is why. You know, whenever I've discussed this, I could say we could be grown ups about this and say, yeah, they're not as fluid as last season. And look, I can't sit here and preach and say it's going to be amazing. It's going to be fine because maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's not fine. Um, but the fact he scored so many goals already and City haven't 
completely blown up. They, they're not as good, but there's just these little tweaks they're making. Like, why wouldn't you just think, okay, that's probably going to be fine, just based on everything that you've done in the last few years. Like, I've just got this faith that things will be fine because they always have been fine. Um, and Haaland's, Haaland is good. City are good. The outcome at the moment isn't perfect. But of course, they're playing differently to last season. Of course, they've lost a bit of fluidity because they're trying to do things in a different way. So you just can't, it's like it's like the whole Grealish thing. Like last season, oh yeah, he's a waste of money, he doesn't fit in. It's like, well, give him a season at least. And it's this, it's this kind of process for the whole team now. They're playing in a different way. But obviously, the issues they've had recently, as I put in this article, the issues they've had recently, the biggest issue they've had recently is all this attitude and post-World Cup funk and complaints and arguments and all that kind of stuff. The biggest problem, they're not playing like they did at Spurs because they can't get Haaland into the team. They're playing like they did at Spurs just because there's something, you know, there's just that tiny imperceptible difference where they're not quite as hungry as they were in the past. And yeah, there's sort of miasma in the air sort of thing. And, but again, it's like, I've, I've been using Liverpool and if Liverpool fans were listening to this, which is highly unlikely, they'd think I'm not using them as a punching bag and I'm really not. But it's like, look, when Guardiola said it, I think he said 99.9%. And when I spoke to somebody about it, that's the number they use as well. They were like, you know, just echoing what he said. It was like, it's just that tiny thing, but it can add up to a big thing in football. But it's not that big because City aren't miles off it. City are not in Liverpool situation. Look what can happen. This is a tiny issue, which is big in the context of City because they don't look as amazing as, as they have been. But it's, again, 1920 um, vibes. They weren't terrible then. They weren't good enough and they were frustrating and they put in performances like this. But I, I always say it whenever I talk about that team. They scored more than 100 goals and they kept the most clean sheets, but something was just a little bit off. It's not a disaster by any means. Yeah, yeah. And that's but- kind of all this attitude stuff at the moment and that's kind of added on an extra difficulty to the process of fitting Haaland into the team but if you take all that away before the World Cup there were no real complaints about City and being off and, and all this there was there were definitely quite a lot of fans who thought the performances were too slow but it wasn't you know everyone in the in the media was kind of like oh yeah well they're going to win the title obviously and it was just like taken as fact that they were going to win the title nobody thought that Haaland was the big problem until they've had all these other problems come in and, and layer onto it like they weren't looking. They weren't finding him yesterday. Like you don't need to have Sky Sports tell you that they weren't finding him yesterday. It was obvious. Um, they didn't find him in the derby. Guardiola said that was a problem. That is something they need. They need to improve. Um, but I mean, I, I don't. I don't want to be one of these people who just says, "Oh yeah," but you know, like when Ronaldo was at United and he was top scorer, and like they had this discussion on Sky as well. Yeah. They'd have Roy Keane, and he was like, "Well, he scored the most goals. Like, what, what are you in football to do?" And then Carragher or whoever was like, "You have got to do other stuff on the ball." He said, like, "I would." I would always say he had a disruptive impact at United and he was scoring goals, but that was kind of irrelevant. Okay, fine. Yeah, great. He's scoring goals, but he's taken away from the team performance. And I think maybe we've seen that since he's left. So I'm not one of these person who think, oh, if you score loads of goals, that's fine. That masks all the problems. So when I say Haaland scored loads of goals, it's clearly not a problem. Like he has scored loads of goals. They're not massively, massively struggling. He's beaten the to, golden boot find him. for how many seasons now? It's like, yeah, I don't know how many yeah. it is, but it, it's loads. Like he's, like it would be the maddest thing in the world if he got four, if he got forty goals and City finished second, and that's speaking right now, that's very possible. City don't win the league and he gets forty league goals, which would be mental. Like nobody would have said that at the start of the year, but it's clearly not a problem. They're not struggling to find him overall. They have been struggling to find him in certain games. Let's talk about the Haaland thing then, uh, because um, the focus and the narrative after the game seemed to be about fitting Haaland in and, and playing up to Haaland. Uh, I mean, I I wanted to put this to you. I want to make it particularly clear ahead of putting it to you that I I don't agree with this and I, I, I think it's a little bit ridiculous, but I do think it is worth uh, mentioning in the whole conversation. Um, because some have seemed to suggest that that Guardiola that Haaland isn't the sort of player that Guardiola wants. He would have preferred a Kane style player instead, someone who would drop off and link up. And you yeah. you did see a li- you've seen a little bit in it the last Kane. few weeks of of, of Haaland dropping in and, and trying to uh, try to do a bit more link up. Um, yeah. Ultimately, I just feel like. I feel like this is more of a repeat of the Aguero situation, where maybe Aguero isn't the striker that Guardiola wanted, but he turned him into something that would that yeah. would work for the team. Yeah, that's a good a good way of looking at it. Um, but look, it's not it's not like Haaland, It's not like Pep didn't want Haaland. I think Pep was very very happy to have Haaland, yeah. and he saw it as a challenge to get him into the team. I'm very happy to have Haaland. But it's again, it's not again, it's not something I've mentioned because 
in this whole can we be grown-ups about it thing, I did not want to put it in black and white. But yeah, if yeah, you're looking yeah, at how you wanted to... If City had signed Harry Kane 18 months ago, I don't think they'd have had these problems. It'd have been perfect. He is the perfect striker fit, yeah. for City. He's perfect striker for City. And I've always thought that and I've always said that. But with Haaland, the kind of aim is, okay, it's not perfect now. But, I mean, which, like, which sign-ins are perfect? The thing is, Haaland is actually... It's more like Haaland's performing well and, and the team less so, whereas normally the team's performing well and the new signing takes time to, to adjust. But obviously, because he's changed the dynamics, that, that does make sense. Yeah. But I, I just think that once that process um, kind of goes further down the line, and again, it's been massively derailed by all the recent problems um, with you know, off, off the pitch and desire and whatever. Um, once that carries on, whether it's this season, whether it's next... I'd, I'd imagine they would, as, as long as it clicks, they will probably be a better team with Haaland in it than they would have been if they'd got Kane in it. There would have been less disruption if they'd got Kane. But I think the goal is to be Long-term, a better team than yeah. they would have been. Like if look, if they'd had if they got Kane, they'd have won the league last year, like they did anyway, and they'd probably be pissing it again this year. I'm sure of it. I mean, look, there's no, there's no way for me to back that up, but I'm sure of it. Um, and obviously, that's not been the case this year because. They've had, you know, they've had to adjust to Haaland, so it is what it is. But you know, will they, will they get it right and blitz everyone in a completely different way to if they would have had Kane in the next couple of years? Yeah, I think quite possibly. Yeah, I think so. That's 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 where I stand on it. But yeah, yeah, I mean, there's no secret that Guardiola loves Kane. They were desperate to get Kane, absolutely desperate to get Kane. Um, but it didn't happen. So finally, then for this week, Sam, um, looking ahead, it's Arsenal to come. There's Villa at the weekend. Um, you know, just just in terms of solutions to all of this this kind of funk, because we said uh, this about Guardiola at the beginning of, of 2021 when he signed his last new contract that he needed to work stuff out. Like, how long will this take? Like, could, could this be a case of like he's nearly there and he just needs to kind of tweak a few things here and there, or is it going to need a, a like a, a massive summer summer? <sighs> Yeah, sort of reboot. Like, like, what, what do you think? What's your gut instinct? It's so interesting. Well, it's so interesting because I, I maintain that these kind of post World Cup problems, which are like for so many different reasons, you know, I can't really say them all. But so many, you know, like with the Cancelo stuff, we saw he came back from the World Cup pissed off because he didn't play in the group stages, and then that kind of snowballed. And then there's been other kind of players in different situations, and then it's all kind of combined. You know, they've got their own individual situations they've not been happy with. They've kind of combined to a bad spirit among the group, and I. I maintain that that's the biggest problem. And if City can shake that off, they'll go back to what they were early in the season, which wasn't quite as sharp and fluid and fast as prime City, but pretty good and capable of winning the league. Um, and so if they can sort that those kind of mood problems out soon, then they can you know, win enough games to win the title. Maybe that only comes with some kind of dressing room shake-up in the summer and they go again next season. Obviously, the difficulty is, if we're talking about 1920 comparisons then we start thinking well actually it went into the next season and they didn't change did they and only got halfway through the next season when there was some kind of spark and can you rely on that happening again but i don't know i think this is isn't this, something is this a bigger mess than that season. Out, though i don't think it well no because i mean in a way yeah but it, it's not something and i don't know if you've left this in the podcast or not because we did talk about this on monday it's not something that's afflicted them for the whole season. It's something that's, for me, a very recent problem. And they do have the kind of the, the so-called issue to fix of how to get Haaland in the team and have that same control. You know, that, but I've got every faith that they will do that. And that, that, was the, that was the biggest issue with this season, going into the World Cup. And it wasn't a big one that people even really noticed. They were just playing a bit slower. So on, in that sense, if you sort out this, this kind of discontent in the dressing room, and all, maybe all it needs is you get to the end of the season... The players will go away on their holidays and they come back and some have left and new ones have come in and you go again and then it's fixed. Like well, we've mentioned Liverpool as an example. Whenever Liverpool have had those drop-off seasons, they've come back strongly the next. Um, and you, you would imagine with City, well, I would imagine with City, that if they can't sort this out before the end of the season, then it's just a case of they'll come back and be like, right, well, you know, because Guardiola keeps saying they're not hungry enough, they're not starving enough after so much success. But then if they see Arsenal winning the league, they'll go away, they'll be pissed off and they'll come back and say, actually, I do want to win it. And I know Guardiola was saying if they won three or four in a row and then the fifth and the sixth was different. So that maybe that means the second season is difficult as well. But you you would like to think that if there's if they just can't physically, they can't physically do it through no fault of their own, they just can't physically get that spark back this season, 
maybe you know seeing somebody else win those trophies would do that would be and maybe some players leaving and other ones coming in would do that and then it just goes back to you know can Guardiola jal everyone together on the pitch because you haven't really got the issue of um, grumpiness and bad moods and bad attitude and sadness and whatever's going on behind the scenes um, I'd yeah I mean I, I'd, look, I might be wrong personally Soon as you've asked me the question, and this is our podcast, I'd be surprised if this went on into next season. But you know, I'd have to hold my hands up and say it did. It did go on into the next season last time this happened. So I couldn't. I couldn't be hundred percent sure of that. But if you're asking me how long it's going to take, I'm not even ruling out it being this season. And you know, maybe maybe this Premier League stuff. This is one of the other unknowns. Maybe this kind of galvanizes them, and you know, it kind of jolts them into thinking of siege mentality. Let's all pull together and do it. Or you know. It, it could depends just completely, completely knock on everything, the yeah, yeah. because it might be yeah it might be another another negative on a shitty season you know they're thinking oh this as well now like what's the point it depends entirely on their mood and how they kind of internalize it and then apply it to their you know training sessions and, and stuff like that so maybe maybe they don't win anything this season and you know maybe that's the spark they need obviously Guardiola's been trying to find that spark that was the whole post Tottenham thing last time that he's trying to get that spark back again as quickly as he can. Um, everyone at the club is trying to work on that, so this season isn't a write-off. Um, maybe it ends up being that, but I don't. I don't think. I would be surprised. Again, I really could be wrong, but I would be surprised, purely in my opinion, if it got to this season was a write-off and then next season didn't get any better and then Guardiola left. I just don't see it ending like that. I'd have to. I'd have to say that you know they'll they'll get it right. Yeah. Um, now, if you didn't see on Twitter this week, then uh, unfortunately next week's show is going to be our very last Why Always Us. Uh, so uh, get in touch with questions or comments for the next show because you literally don't have another chance after that. Um, so either message me or Sam and we'll get it on to uh, next week's show. Uh, but for now, that's the end of this week's Why Always Us. Thank you to Sam Lee. Yeah, thanks very much. What, yeah, what a, what a period. Um, <laughs> mm, yeah, I mean, I just, I just hope City beat Arsenal just so we can do one last podcast and it's not like... I'm sure everything will be fine. Um, you know, they they had 0.8 xG, which is quite good. Um, yeah, let's yeah. let's have let's have a good ending next week. Let, let's not let's not uh, let's worry about that when we get to it, shall we? Um, but for now, don't forget to sign up. You can sign up to the Athletic right now to read all of Sam's analysis on City for two pounds a month for twelve months. Just use the code Man City Pod. The Athletic. <laughs>